pursue your purpose, speak your truth, deal with adult bullies, cope with failure, live beyond fear, establish values, set boundaries, move past trauma. These are all the themes in my Amazon bestseller, The Smart Girls Handbook. Tribers get in close. For 15 years, I have been searching for a book that didn't exist. So I am thrilled to share that I decided to write it. The Smart Girls Handbook is available to buy now from wherever you get your books and also in Canada, the United States of America, New Zealand and Australia. Everything we do is a response to something you have asked for and girl, have you been begging me for a book for years? Who is it for you? The reviews are outstanding. The press has been phenomenal and I am overwhelmed by the amazing support it has had already. This isn't my book, but our book. I realised after my talks around the world, women would be queuing for hours just to ask me one question. I didn't want them to just walk away, but to have a tangible source to have forever. And this is it. This is refreshing, never before read content that will inspire, motivate, empower, inform and entertain you. It's full of my personal development tips that have got me living as my most authentic and highest self, literally glowing from within. My most vulnerable moments and hilarious stories that will resonate with you. The Smart Girls Handbook is a celebration of womanhood and the book missing from your library. So grab your copy today, tag me on Instagram at smartgirltribe and I will send you an exclusive gift just to say thank you. Hello smart girls, I haven't recorded a solo episode in such a long time. I have been book touring and as always I have really been paying attention to the questions that I am being asked and the topics I am being asked to explore. One that has come up again and again has been what would I tell my younger self, my teenage self? And interestingly enough, it's probably quite similar to what I would tell my nine-year-old self or 22-year-old self. So no matter where you are on your journey or how old you are, I really do believe you'll be able to take a lot away from this episode. I have loved this past year as far as the podcast goes because together we have explored and navigated many different, as I like to call them, therapy topics, such as hormones, boundaries, values, taming your inner critic, the mother wound, existentialism, because I do think that as a society, we tend to have these conversations when we're a lot older, maybe, when actually we should be talking about these very things while we're young. So it has been a joy every month having experts come on to the podcast to share their expertise. One thing I am hoping for, or at least my intention, is for the podcast to become a little chattier and a little lighter as time goes on. I have loved exploring these topics, but there are so many other things that because we've been concentrating so much on maybe the serious stuff because we've been concentrating so much on that there are lighter topics that you're asking me about a lot which are subject matters that we haven't or at least I haven't discussed on the podcast before so I'm really excited about this not a new chapter it's not a new chapter because we are still going to explore those kinds of topics but I just want to introduce some lighter issues if you like now and I think this is a great way 
to kick things off. For context, I grew up in Italy, if you didn't know, so that's where I was a teenager. I attended a private language school. It was a private Catholic language school. There were 12 students in my entire year. I was social chair. I had my two closest friends and around us we had this little circle and it really was that time just some of the best years honestly of my life. Moving to Italy when I was young, when I was a child, it wasn't hard because my parents, particularly my mother, set it up to be such an exciting challenge and adventure really. Maybe not even a challenge but definitely an adventure and how she would talk about this new chapter of our lives. She made it sound like so much fun, almost how could we not be excited about moving but I really got to grips with what it meant to be different. I was the only foreigner in my town and I stood out. I mean, even physically, I was the only blonde. I had blue eyes, stark contrast to the Italian tanned skin and being brunette, I I naturally stood out in, you know, kind of the sea of students. So I really got to grips with quite early on what it meant to be in the minority, not to be excluded, but to be a foreigner, to be an outsider. And I think that's really shaped me, moulded me to become the woman that I am today. But also what it did was gave me a huge amount. It really taught me how to um, be empathetic, I guess. I have a lot of empathy for people and understand that everyone's going through because my battle growing up in Italy was the fact that I was very different. And when I first moved there, I didn't speak the language at all. And that was very hard. I still had to study and I still had homework and I definitely as much as it was an adventure those first few years or sorry first few months I really did struggle so it taught me so much that by the time I was probably 14 um, until 17 I really just enjoyed those years I had my group of friends I was social chair as I said I just had so much fun and I loved the Italian way of living. I then really wanted to attend a particular university, a British university, which was Bath, and that is where I ended up going. It meant that I had to return to sit A-levels and that was an entirely different experience. I learnt so much during that period of time and there's a lot there that I want to unpack today. When I came back, as I said, there were 12 students in my entire year in Italy. It was a very small Catholic private language school. 
we were very integrated, we were very involved. I, and I have spoken about this before on the podcast, so I don't feel that it's entirely new or fresh, what I'm sharing now. Um, I remember the first day students came up to me and they asked me if I had ever smoked weed before. And this was a very good academy that where I was sitting A-levels and they asked me similar questions, very personal, intrusive questions about things that I had never been exposed to before ever. I'd never been around and I had never had a conversation about these kinds of things. So it was definitely a shock to the system. There were so many other things that I found hard when I returned to England. I felt more that I stuck out returning to England than I did when I went to Italy. Very ironically, I felt that I completely stuck out in so many different ways. So today I want to share the things that I would say to that girl, to that 18-year-old, if she were sitting in front of me today. And hopefully it will help some of you um, or at least get you to start thinking maybe if you're a teenager or even if you're a little older so the first thing that I would say to her or anyone who's a teenager now or you know what any age to be honest but this is what I would tell my teenage self is lean into who you are my nickname was Granger for a reason this was when I was sitting a levels during that period of time I so nationally you take on three A levels and I actually took six so hopefully that helps you understand the type of nerd or geek I was. I was very academic, I was the main part in the school play, the head of the charity committee, I founded the international committee, I wanted to start a student newspaper I remember having meetings about that as well so I had a lot going on I was also part of the French literature club so I was very busy very geeky very into my grades I loved that part of who I was but I felt that I was only really accepting of myself when I was on my own if I'm honest, when I was on my own in the library or when I was at home reading, when I was with my family, that's when I truly felt accepted because I had a lot of students, my peers, make fun of me for how different I was. I was very into my grades, but it wasn't even just that. It was some very not simple things or cliche things, but really just daft things. So I wasn't a swearer and I remember people making fun of me because of that. I wasn't into fake tan or makeup, things like this. I wasn't into going out um, or going to parties. I remember the first week that I attended, I was invited to a party and it was going to take place at somebody's house and I was told that oh everyone was going to be there and the person who was hosting it is really popular so you should definitely come along 
I remember being invited and both boys and girls were allowed to stay over. It was like a really big sleepover. And I remember saying to my mum that I just didn't feel comfortable about it. And that really surprised people. And there were other things as well, which I think, having attended such a small Catholic school, different, definitely contributed to. So, for instance, my attitude toward dating and going on dates and things like this. So, in Italy, boys and girls are friends and you can be friends and it's just very normal. It's not something that's quite odd. Whereas I remember in England, friends would have conversations with me and they would say, no, we don't really mix like that over here. Unless you're seeing someone, you just, you don't do that. You don't hang around with the boys. So I never, I felt that that was very strange as well. And then I remember when I did go on a date with somebody quite early on, when I was attending this school, I remember we had gone on maybe one, perhaps two dates, and then they had gone to a party and had basically, from what I was told, had hooked up with somebody. And I remember thinking, that was so odd, because from where I was from, you took possibly dating, whether it be, you know, from the first date or from the second date, you took it quite seriously, that meant something. So I was very different. And if I met the teenage me, I would say, lean into who you are. And what I mean by that is I really was accepting of myself when I was on my own. But when I was around my peers, and even when I was around teachers as well, because they would play into this, they would ask you questions about parties and dating and things like that I almost beat myself up for being so different I felt like something was wrong with me because I wasn't into the parties and I wasn't into the fake tan and I wasn't into dating casually and I'm talking about when I was 17 17 slash 18 And that never really changed. I was the same. I was like that throughout university as well. I would beat myself up. I would be quite hard on myself because I would think, well, something's wrong with me because everyone around me is into these things. Whereas now I can look back and it's probably, I probably am where I am today because of that attitude And some things, some aspects of my personality, I would deem quite quirky. For example, I remember when I was 12 years old, I sent an email to Harvard University asking to have a, you know, to talk to somebody about what I had to do to attend that university. And I did have, when I was a little bit older, I did have um, meetings with representatives from Harvard and from Yale. So there were quirky things about me, but I remember that I wasn't very accepting of myself outside of when I was maybe on my own or when I was with family or the couple of friends that I had when I was at, um, while I was sitting A-levels. So I would say lean into who you are. This is you and it's something to be proud of. Don't 
you know, your personality is yours. And I would say stop, to anyone listening, stop beating yourself up over who you are, no matter what you're into, or in my case, what I wasn't into, this is what makes you you, this is what makes you very unique. And I was absolutely made fun of because of it. I remember somebody saying to me, who was a friend of mine, he said, Scarlett, I've never met such a sophisticated 17-year-old. And I remember the reason why was because I wasn't drinking. I was given a glass of wine with a straw and I took out the straw. So there were some really small things as well that I was not made fun of for, but that were brought to my attention that made me feel like maybe I was odd or maybe I was a little strange when actually if I saw her now, I would say, keep being you and lean into who you are. I would also say, stand up for yourself. Stand up for your beliefs and take on, if you think something is wrong, say so. I think, um, and the reason why I say that is because a very close friend of mine during this period of time had developed an eating disorder and I would talk to her extensively about it and she would share with me that she had developed this eating disorder almost as a response for what um, boys were saying to her that didn't have anything to do with her appearance but they would just make fun of her really and I remember the term banter was used a lot so boys would banter with her just as they would other girls and she would channel that energy and put it into this eating disorder that she had developed and looking back I wasn't she was a very close friend of mine but we didn't have any classes together we met outside we were studying different things um I remember having these conversations and I've had conversations with my mother since about it and I've said you know those boys who said those things to her because her eating disorder did spiral out of control they will have no idea of the impact that they had on her life and her family's life so I did stand up for people and I couldn't necessarily pinpoint a moment when I could have and I chose not to but I do wonder you know how much did I stand up for myself and how much did I ever say to somebody actually that banter is inappropriate because now we have all of these conversations and we can talk about certain language that's inappropriate or misogynist or sexist but I do think at the time we weren't really having those same conversations. So I would say, you know, fight, fight the good fight. Another thing that I would say on a light note is spend as much time as you can with your girlfriends. This is something that I would echo all throughout um, my teenage years and university years and 20s as well. And the reason why is because I feel that Young men, when they're teenagers, they play football. This is a blanket statement on the whole. They will play football. They will play golf. If you're a little older, you'll go to a pub. 
you'll have some beers. And that doesn't really change. Adult men do that at the weekends or whenever, regardless. Whereas I have felt that as young women, the things that maybe we were doing when we were young, for example, having sleepovers, having friends round, doing the whole face mask and hair and makeup and watching rom-coms and things like this, you don't do that in your 20s. It just goes. So because of that, I would say spend as much time with your girlfriends as you can. Just have them over, go out together. But that's one thing that I would say to my teenage self. Another thing that I would say to my teenage self is open up about your anxiety. I started having panic attacks. At the time, we weren't talking about anxiety as we do now. One in three people worldwide struggle with anxiety. I happen to be one of them. And at the time, nobody was labelling a panic attack as a panic attack. It was, oh, Scarlett's being emotional. Not that many people saw, I have to be completely honest. What would happen is I would be in school, I would feel that I was about to have a panic attack or hyperventilate, and I would leave. I would just leave the building. I would go outside because I didn't want anyone to see me. I felt such shame when I was having a panic attack because nobody was calling it what it was. Nobody was calling it anxiety. And when I say nobody I'm talking about, we weren't having these conversations in the media. These weren't conversations we were having at home. So I didn't know what to say to people. A couple of times I would have panic attacks in the presence of a teacher and even then they would pull me to one side, they would ask me what's going on, but they wouldn't label it anxiety. So because of that, I genuinely just thought I was crying and being quite dramatic. So if I saw my teenage self now, I'd say open up about your anxiety, tell someone, tell your parents, tell your family what is going on, because I had panic attacks for days on end, but because I wasn't talking about it, because I didn't know how to label it, I genuinely, I just didn't have the vocabulary to express what I was going through, I just went through it on my own, and tried to get through it on my own, so because of that, I would say open up about your anxiety. Another thing that I would say is not everyone is as kind as you are. So guard your heart a little. I wouldn't say that I was naive because by the time I was 17, I had already gone through a lot. So I wouldn't say I was naive. I would just say, you know, I remember there being moments I would see students bullying another student and I would walk over this is this genuinely the type of person that I was I classify myself as an empath and when I talk about it and I've opened up about it in my book I couldn't pinpoint time when it started because truth be told I can look back when I was very very small and I would go up to the bully and I would say what are you doing? Why are you picking on them? And I would try and have these conversations. Equally, I remember being in 
the common the common room so during this same period in time that I'm referring to this year those nine months I remember seeing a girl in the common room it was full so this is just a common area where you hang out really between classes there was a girl who was crying and we were sur- just th- surrounded by people and she had no idea who I was and she was hit crying hysterically and I went up to her and I said you don't know me you don't need to share your story or tell me what's happened but you really look like you could just do with a hug and I hugged her and even now we're still in touch and she every so often will send me a message and she says I just don't know another 17 year old who ever would have done that so there are things like this and I will stop you know if I see someone crying on the street or on the tube I always go up to them I ask if they're okay if they need help things like this and now I've come to understand that that behavior is actually quite rare and some of it probably does come down to the fact that I was an outsider when I had moved to Italy and again I was an outsider when I came back and I struggled a lot with it feeling different feeling alone feeling isolated I felt like I was a geek I felt like something was wrong with me so I think a lot of it it's just all connected but if I could go back I think I was bothered at the time because I would see people bullying other people And there were parties that would go on in this year that would exclude students. And I remember someone making fun of me for how academic I was on Facebook at the time. And those behaviours really bothered me at that age because I wouldn't be able to understand it. I was raised that, oh, you invite everyone to your party everyone everyone in the year no one is to be excluded even if you have never spoken to them that's how I was raised I was raised that if somebody gives you a gift you send them a thank you note if you don't give them a phone call you should call them on the day but if you don't you're sending them a thank you note so this was how I was raised, shout out um, to my mother. And so I really couldn't understand it when I was 17 and I was being, I I was surrounded by people who maybe weren't wired the same way. That was a struggle because I let it bother me. Whereas now, obviously the same, the same things happen. And I've come to understand that people see life through their own lens. Because of that, I would say, guard your heart a little Not everyone is going to be wired the same way as you, but all you can do is have open and vulnerable conversations and carry on being there for the people who perhaps need it. On the whole, I loved my teenage years growing up in Italy, but I did struggle when I came back to England. I did feel isolated. I was made fun of for being a geek and I wasn't I didn't accept or not even accept I didn't understand certain behaviors they it confused me I thought well if you don't have anything kind to say don't say anything at all don't gossip don't do drama and I would say to anyone listening if you're not into the parties you're not into the gossip or the drama. Perhaps you're not part of the popular crowd and you've got no interest. Or maybe you're just beating yourself up and you feel like something is wrong with you. 
nothing is wrong with you. I would say to my teenage self in summary, stand up for yourself, be resilient, lean into who you are, spend as much time as you can with your girlfriends, open up about your anxiety and guard your heart. The only other thing I possibly would say, which may be considered a little controversial because a lot of people say, don't worry, you'll figure things out, don't stress, everything will work itself out. But I would say, to even to my teenage self, during that time, I was so focused on my A-levels and getting into this university that I didn't have many conversations about afterward. Why did I want to go to university? What was my direction? Where did I see myself? And nowadays, there is a lot of content surrounding, well, you don't need to have everything figured out. You don't. But I can say, personally, I have found life a lot more fun, interesting, and crazy good. I found it to, to just be so much more fun when I have direction. So during that time period, I was focused on my exams to the point that I knew that I wanted to study languages at university, which I did, and politics, but I didn't know exactly what I wanted to do afterwards. And of course, things have panned out. I created Smart Girl Tribe as a, as a teenager when I was 19 from a dorm room. Had I done anything differently, Smart Girl Tribe wouldn't look how it's a, how it does today. So because of that, I would say I wouldn't necessarily change anything. But I do think it's a piece of advice that I would give to any teenagers. Have direction. Know where you're going because even if it changes, which it probably will, and you are going to change and evolve with it as well. I would say, you know, if you wanted to go to Rome, and I said, imagine or think of all of the different ways that you could get there you would say, well, Scarlett, by car, by plane, by train, perhaps you could walk, but your destination's the same. So I think if you have a rough idea, even if the way you get there changes, just have a rough idea. Do you want to be in a creative field? I think you avoid not getting it wrong, that's not what I'm saying. But I think it's a lot easier to build when you have some kind of idea as opposed to when you have no idea. Because I think you need some kind of target, even if it's to change. I think be focused and have direction. I hope this has helped you and has provided a little bit more insight into perhaps my life and especially what I would say to the younger me. But on the whole... I would say, alongside everything I have shared, I would give her a hug. I would give the teenage me, the teenage Scarlet, a huge bear hug. And I would say, you are doing so well. Keep being you. Because being a teenager is tough as anything. So the fact you're here and smiling is good enough and fill up your own cup once in a while. It's great to look outside of yourself, your friends, your family, how you're spending your time, your grades. But it all ultimately comes back to self-care. You want to be setting boundaries 
it comes back to self-care. You want to know what your values are, it comes back to self-care. You want to date someone very special who isn't unhealthy or toxic, even that a- at that age, because teenagers tend not to know any better. I would say that also comes back to self-care. I really hope this episode has helped you, no matter your age, or at least provided some insight I would also say to any teenagers out there, as I would myself, don't pluck your eyebrows anymore. Let me know your thoughts in our private Facebook group, the Smart Girl Tribe Society, or over on my private Instagram at scarlet underscore Victoria underscore Clark. Thank you for listening to the Smart Girl Tribe podcast. I am your host, Scarlett V. Clark, award-winning founder and CEO of Smart Girl Tribe, the UK's number one female empowerment organisation, host of this top-rated podcast, the Smart Girl Tribe podcast, and author. You are my community, my family, so come and follow along for more female empowerment and personal development in our private Facebook group, the Smart Girl Tribe Society, or on Twitter or Instagram at Smart Girl Tribe.